Hello, and welcome to another edition of The Binge Chickens. Uh, it's been a little while since our last episode, but I'm Alex, and with me I have Lo. How are you, Lo? I'm good, thanks, Alex. How are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. I'm excited to be back uh, doing another episode in our review of the uh, revived series of Doctor Who, um, back for series two, which was our first season with Billy Piper and David Tennant as a, well, it's our only season with David Tennant and Billy yeah. Piper as the uh, as the pair in the TARDIS. Um, and uh, yeah, we're going to have a look back at the the series. We're going to sort of start with our general overview of thoughts on the series. Um, then we'll talk about the arc for this season. Um, and then we'll go through our sort of our favourite and least favourite episodes from this season and uh, what we liked or didn't like about them. Um, so I guess, yeah, I'll start with what were your, what were your general thoughts on this season? Um, oh, that is a good question. <laughs> no, I, um, look, initial viewing way back when it first aired, I think I really enjoyed this season, but like watching it back to back, you realize that there are a lot of um, episodes that are kind of lacking. I mean, I really enjoyed it. I still enjoyed it. I love Rose and the Doctor together. Um, but, yeah, it's a bit, um, I don't know, some of the episodes are a bit questionable. Some of the episodes are really good. It kind of went either way. They're either really good or just a bit like, ugh. Hmm. Yeah, I think I think after how solid the first series was with um, Christopher Eccleston, um, yes. Looking back on this season, you know, maybe it's a bit of a controversial opinion, but um, I don't think that David Tennant and Billy Piper were as good a combination as we sort of... I think we're sort of coloured by the fact that we watched this as kids back in 2006 yeah. or 14, right? So it's very different to, to watching it now. Yes, exactly. Um, and, yeah, I think... I don't know. I think after watching the Eccleston series... Um, like Billy Piper and Chris Jefferson had such good chemistry and they just like the energy they just bounced off each other so well. I'm not saying that Tennant and Piper don't. They do still bounce bounce off each other, except there is it's just not something missing or something maybe it feels a bit forced because there is that like romance factor that I was just gonna say, yeah. That um colours through this, so it's not just I mean it's not just like two mates traveling who like really care about each other, which I feel like we got that vibe with Exton or was starting to get towards that romance vibe towards the end there. Um, I mean, it did end with the doctor kissing Rose. So, um, but I, yeah, I, I, something was just a bit off. Yeah. I, I, I think, um, I think you, I think that's, that's it. And that's what I was going to say is I feel like this season I mean, there's the whole kind of cute aspect that he got younger so that he could be with her sort of thing about the regeneration. But mm -hmm. I feel like it became quite a distraction having that romance. And and even, I mean, even episodes that weren't focused on Rose and the Doctor, and, and this is going to be so, kind of sacrilege because I really love this episode. We're going to talk about it a bit later. But The Girl in the Fireplace is very... Um, very atypical of Doctor Who, where it's very much a romance story and that's not something we're very used to. And so maybe that's sort of why the vibe this season just felt a little bit different in that sense. There was a lot more uh, romantic subtext in a few of the episodes. So yeah. uh, you know, even even in New Earth, when you get Cassandra yeah, inhabiting Rose's body and it's, you know, talking about how she wants to snog the Doctor and all that sort of thing, um, just a, a different vibe, I guess. Yeah, exactly. It was a... 
different vibe. Very much a different vibe. Um, and then still great. Still loved it. Um, like it's still um, up there. I just think I, I honestly haven't sat down and watched everything back to back. And now watching it back to back, I'm like, I definitely prefer the Eccleston um, Doctor with Rose. The, um, I, I would. Sorry. And I, I, I don't know if that's maybe just the like the the storylines of the stories were different. Um, maybe like that that could be a factor, or I don't I don't know exactly what it is. I can't put my finger on it, but I mean, I still love this season. I probably prefer series one to this one. Yeah, and look, I was going to say, I feel like the first half of this season was a lot better than the second half. Um, I mean, we just have to look at some of the episodes in that first half, you know, School Reunion, um, Girl in the Fireplace, even the two-parter with the Cybermen were all, I thought, really well done episodes. Um, Tooth and Claw as well was, you know, a pretty fun mm-hmm. episode as well. It's the second half of the season when you get sort of, you know, the Idiot's Lantern, Love and Monsters, Fear Her, which are really sort of... Um, they just sort of drag because there's not a very compelling story there, I don't think. Um, even The Impossible Planet and The Satan Pit felt like a really odd two-parter from the point of view of it just, you know, it was it was an, like we started watching the Martha series now and we've got the episode, we had the episode 42, which felt very similar in a lot of ways to The Impossible Planet and Satan Pit where yes. it's sort of like they're stuck in the bulkheads and, they're tra- and that was one episode and that felt much better constructed. Um, this yeah, one just felt um, like a drag. Yeah, I think having that as a two-parter was not a, not a mistake. I get what they're doing, but like it felt like it was probably too much for a one part, but not enough for a mm. two, like a whole two episodes. Um, I feel like the forty-two episode that we just watched um, had more of that old school Doctor Who, uh, Doctor Who vibes. Mm. Um, mm. Even though, I mean, I don't know the old episodes were broken down into four parts, so. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I guess. I guess the other sort of uh, the aspect of this series to talk about is the series arc. Um, we had Bad Wolf in the first season, which I thought was done really well, where it was sort of scattered in the background, and then had that sort of ominous build in the, into the final few episodes. And I suppose it's sort of similar this season with Torchwood. I mean, we do get the reference to Torchwood in, I think it's the first half of the series one finale with the um, weakest link trivia question um and then we get i think it's the even as early as the christmas invasion we get the the comment about torchwood uh, you know message from torchwood to to shoot down the um alien ship then we get it much more blatantly in tooth and claw where they're setting up torchwood i'm trying to remember back to when we watched this as like kids and obviously after the bad wolf i i kind of remember it being almost a game of trying to pick what the season arc was in the next season um and with this one, I think it's a little bit more obvious in some of the episodes. Some of them are still quite sort of yeah. in the background. I know you commented when we were watching that um, if we didn't have, like, we're old now, Sometimes, we watch yeah. TV shows with subtitles on. <laughs> and if we didn't have the subtitles on, we would have missed a Torchwood reference. Um, I know when I originally watched this um, in 2006, I was not, I didn't really, I wasn't really following the um the arc as much um i guess it was just you know it was was it was was it a satisfying arc for this season i mean i get i'm trying to think i always feel like 
the Cybermen parallel universe stuff is more of a has more of a um, an influence on the finale, I guess, with Mickey and um, Rose's dad coming back than tortured necessarily. I mean, it all sort of ties in, but it did yes. feel like there was almost two different parts to the arc. Um, not necessarily. I did like that they got them back for the finale. Um, that was nice after um, the Age of Steel and Rise of Cybermen. Um, I think, yeah, I thought it was a nice way to bring them in and to like connect that storyline. Um, but I, know, I feel like I'm very dismissive of the torture that is at the end of the series because we know, like, whenever I say you think torture now, I think Captain Jack and um, his yeah, which band is, of merry men. Yeah, which is kind of funny when you think that torture is originally presented to us as this threat to the Doctor and um almost almost the villains of that finale as in in terms of unleashing the cybermen um and now yeah like you say they're sort of synonymous with jack and 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 they're such like a positive sort of um positive sort of um a vibe around them or or or, or like um association with them um so it's sort of flipped yeah um it is and that's the thing i think i feel like i watch this and then watch torchwoods and i find back to this when they say Torchwood, I go, oh, Jack. And then I'm like, wait, no, no, no. <laughs> Other Torchwood. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, we get the uh, the the Freema, uh, uh, um, what's her name? Um, uh, Martha's Freema. actress is in. Yes, Freema uh, is, Yes, Agnes. who's in, the, who, who's in that, that two-part of finale as uh, her cousin, which yes. I kind of found funny that when we see Gwen pop up, um, the Doctor sort of, comments on the fact that she looks just like her ancestor, but there's no comment about the fact that he stripped out the headset from poor Martha's cousin in the finale for this season. But yes. um, Doctor Who and its history of reusing actors and actresses, I guess. Well, yeah, I mean, we end up with Amy popping up in the next, like, in Series 3. Um, series 4, yeah. Series 4, sorry. Um, and... Peter Capaldi and everyone, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and they all come back. So, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, we already know from watching this and any BBC show that there's a very, very small pool of actors in Britain, apparently. Absolutely. Well, you know, the the review that we did recently on um, Bridgerton, of course, um, um, uh, Martha's mother is is a character. Yeah. So, yeah, it's lots of repetition. But... Look, you know, talking about series two, um, what would you say was your favourite episode of this season and why? Oh, well, you know what I'm going to say because you're about to say the exact same episode. Yeah, which is okay. Like you, my... can, you can pinch it. <laughs> it's probably like my favourite episode from all of New Who, um, which is Girl in the Fireplace. And I don't know what it is because I was like, it's not really that. Like, if you think about it, it's not that much of an action-packed episode. Um, that being said, I think... Also, like, Rose from Series 1 is probably one of my all-time favourite episodes as well, so I'd probably put these two together. But compared to Rose, you you meet the Doctor and it's all fast-paced action, buildings are blowing up, there's aliens, um, you know, attacking London on such a large scale. This is very much, like, Girl in the Fireplace is just the Doctor popping in and out of this girl's life, and then there's that, you know, jumping through the mirror with the horse at the end, which is the big... Um, climax, then it's kind of over. 
and I'm like, I can't, again, I'm obviously doing really, um, having half, a hard time today putting into words what I'm liking and disliking, but with this one, it's just, I really enjoy the episode. I guess it's got a good pacing. Um, you kind of do fall in love with Madame Pompadour along with the Doctor um, and seeing the Doctor kind of build that relationship with her is lovely. But nothing really happens. Mark, like, Mikey and Rose are running around an empty ship. Mickey, yeah. Mickey. Mike, I was with Mikey. Damn it. Um, and, um, you know, it's the droids have died out, so they're trying to find body parts to keep the ship running. Um, like, it's, it feel like it's a very, like, episode like a non-event episode but it's also so good i th- i think one of the appeals of this episode and then also one of the appeals of blink in the next season is that they both sort of play with the concepts of time travel a lot more yeah. than in an ordinary episode of doctor who which is funny to say when it's a time travel show but jumping backward and forward in time um i think is an interesting concept i think i said to you while we we're watching it this reminds me a lot of you know, spoilers for anyone that hasn't seen it, but the ending of Interstellar, where it's also a very similar sort of bending time around. Um, yeah. It, the, the finale of Interstellar was sort of a letdown after having already seen this because I did feel like it was very much um, the same sort of concept. But I think also one of the big appeals of it is it's just got so many great fun lines of dialogue. Like yes. when, you know, we get the we get the horse roaming around the spaceship and the Doctor naming the horse and then Rose sort of says to him, oh, you, you can't keep the horse. And he says, oh, well, what do you mean? I'll let you keep Mickey. Yeah. Um, things like that. Um, yeah. I and think then also. Really, yeah. Sorry. It really no. is the dialogue that makes this episode so good. Like I said, the like in terms of things blowing up and events and things like that, it's not that big of an episode. But, yeah, that the dialogue is what makes it really good. And that's what Moffat is good at. And I Bloody hate that my favorite episode is written by Moffat. Well, and also like as we it. as we picked up whilst watching it, uh, with the revelations that we've seen in the current run of Doctor Who, um, there's a very interesting exchange between Renette and the Doctor when uh, he's trying to read her mind, and she starts to read his mind and says, um, "You know, such a lonely little boy, lonely then and lonelier now. How can you bear it?" Um, which, you know, it, it is a it, it can on one level just be seen as okay yes you know the doctor's always been alone essentially um but with the the comments about the lonely child and everything it, it now starts yes. to take on a greater significance so um it is interesting to see these sorts of themes woven through the show as early as this of yes. the doctor's loneliness his you know isolation his difference all of that yes and we see that a lot in the Moffat episodes like even though he's not the showrunner currently um his episodes that he has written all have these kind of links to when he is showrunner so even like with the Capaldi episode I'm assuming he was still a showrunner then I don't think he'd left at that point um, no no he was yeah he was Capaldi yeah um that episode where they're like in the barn yeah was was that listen or I always think I always get the, there's all, the, all those I think it is I think it's listen yeah um and, like, there's those references there to the Doctor being the lonely child as well. Mm. Um, and then we see that coming up with the 13th Doctor as well and all that weirdness. Um, 
so yeah, it's it's it's. I feel like Moffat was already building his empire without actually <laughs> being mm-hmm. involved at that point. Yeah, definitely. Um, I would say then, since you've pinched that episode as your favourite of the season, um, that I will go one episode earlier and go with School Reunion because um, obviously I think with the first season they sort of were treading cautiously on using too many references to the classic series because they didn't want to alienate new viewers. We got the Daleks, um, obviously got the Doctor and the TARDIS, but outside of that, pretty much every element of that season was, well, I mean, we got that one offhand reference to the Cybermen. Um, but other than that, it was a very um, easy, accessible se- season for people to jump in with. And then because it was such a success, they've clearly gone with this season that, okay, you know, let's start to bring back a few more elements from the classic series to reward those longer serving fans. And so, of course, we get Sarah Jane Smith popping up in Score Union, which was fantastic and you see it in David Tennant's performance as well that clearly as a Doctor Who fan growing up he's you know loving the fact that he's getting to act alongside Elizabeth Sladen so you know we get K9 back as well um and it's just great I mean look the moment where uh well there's two moments the moment where the Doctor first sees Sarah Jane Smith when she gets introduced to him is fantastic and it I guess is sort of his reaction to seeing her is sort of echoing how the audience who know who she is would be reacting as well. Um, But then the second moment when she's stumbling around the school at night and sees the TARDIS and then the camera pans and he's standing behind her is just such a kind of goosebumps moment. Um, And yeah, so it's just a really, which it's kind of funny because the actual plot of the aliens taking over the school isn't fantastic and doesn't hold up that great, but the plot with Sarah Jane Smith and the Doctor is is fantastic. Um, yes, I do like that. Also, um, Rose has been eating the chips, and all of a sudden, is a genius as well. Yeah, and um, and and when oh, sorry, yeah. Um, no, and yeah, having Sarah Jane Smith there again is lovely because it's a nice throwback to the original series. And yeah, you can definitely tell that um, my great David Tennant is having a ball filming with K Nine and Sarah Jane. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we've got the whole dynamic of, you know, Sarah Jane Smith and Rose where, you know, they're walking down the corridor and, and Rose is like, oh, who, who's this? And, and and Sarah Jane Smith's just like, oh, yeah, I'm Sarah Jane Smith. I'm sure the doctor's mentioned me. Uh, and, she, and Rose is like, oh, hold on. Uh, nope, never mentioned you. And so they've got that whole sort of territorial dispute going on. As Mickey puts it, it's the ex and the current missus kind of going yeah. at it. Um, but then we get that pivot where they both start to talk about, uh, all the funny things that the doctor does with the TARDIS and uh, they start to bond. And and so it's a really, it's, it's a really well done sort of arc over that, that episode with um, how they sort of come together. Yeah. Nice. It is a nice episode. Um, I mean, aside from girl in the fireplace, I mean, is it like, it's really the dialogue I think in that, in the script writing that is really, really good. Um, but also the lavishness of the um, 18th century, France. Um, the other episode I really liked this season was um, the Christmas special, the Christmas invasion. I was going to ask about that because it's obviously the mm. first Christmas special that we get in Doctor Who. And, you know, other shows that do these sorts of holiday special episodes, they sometimes don't work quite well. They don't really fit in with the series as well. But you know, so it was a bit of a gamble to try and do a Christmas special for Doctor Who, but yeah, it worked quite well. So, so what were your thoughts on this one? 
It was nice. Um, I mean, we've then got to. It was an interesting episode because, like, the newly regenerated doctor and he spends, you know, eighty percent of the episode sleeping. Um, so it's really an episode about like Rose and her mom and Mickey. So we really get that um, nice, um, like family side. And this is a very family orientated series. Like, there's a like we see her mom quite a bit. Mickey's involved quite a bit. Um, her dad, so we really get that like throughout the whole series. Um, we get Harry Jones back, which is great. Um, Andy Garcia as well as her assistant, which is great. Um, but again, good dialogue, um, lots of funny lines. It was a great introduction to David Tennant as the doctor. Um, but then also not too much in your face because I know when we were watching not Sylvester McCoy, who was on before? Colin Baker. Colin Baker when he regenerated and it's like this full episode of him just being nutso. Um, and it really just put me like not offside with that doctor, but like I started on the back foot with um, his doctor because like, you know, he's trying to strangle Perry and being crazy so like in terms of introduction to a new doctor um particularly because i actually liked Peter Davison as um the doctor as well was a bit jarring so having this being like oh yeah he's a new doctor he's sleeping and the the aim of the story is like how can we get him to wake up um and save the earth from the cigarettes i think was really good because then we got that you know monologue and the bits from the lion king um, when he finally did, um, you know, heal um, or recover, and we get yeah. that like great introduction to Tenant, like okay, this sets the tone. This is going to be Tenant's doctor. It's not too much, particularly you know for kids like us who you know or me who you know wasn't like particularly. Um, I watched Doctor Who episodes here and there, but I was not like a super fan. And I was really impacted by losing Eccleston. So it was a nice, yeah, like this ease into it. He's, he's a new doctor. He's he's great. But we're not going to make him be nuts. So like, yeah. Yeah. And and I think it was funny with that episode that um, as fans, obviously having lost Christopher Eccleston, and I was the same when Eccleston regenerated, I was like, I'm set on, I'm not going to like the new doctor. I liked Eccleston so much that, you know, no way. And so for all of this episode, we're sort of sitting there going, okay, but let's let's see the Doctor, let's see what he's like. And we, we're kind of waiting, we're kind of waiting, and then we get it at the end, and it's like, oh, actually, like, he, he's actually quite fun. Yeah. Um, it's that sort and of tease for the episode. And yeah, and it's building, and it's building. And, and we get to the point where um, the aliens are speaking, and then suddenly they're speaking English, and it's that moment of realisation that, oh, hang on, what does this mean? And it's like that penny dropping, and it's, and it, yeah, it just built really well. All he needed was a good cup of tea. Yeah, and so I, 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 found, I found it interesting, and I'm not quite sure the reason for it because I'm thinking 2007. Uh, sorry, 2005. This was. I'm thinking 2007 because that was that's the Martha series. 2005. I mean, maybe Revenge of the Sith came out that year, but it's very odd that there's so many sort of Star Wars tones or themes <laughs> to this episode where. The laser beam that destroys the Sycorax ship is very clearly referencing the Death Star laser. We've got the sword fight uh, on the Sycorax ship where the 
Doctor loses a hand, much like Luke Skywalker. Um, it's 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 uh, it's fun, but it's just interesting. I'm not quite sure what the uh, the influence or the motivation behind that was, but you know, it worked. No, it was fun. Russell yeah. Davies is a special special person. <laughs> I was I was thinking um, just as you were talking about um, the fact that this series this season has a lot of emphasis on family and having just talked about school reunion. And the fact that this season does seem to have a lot of reunions that take place with Rose and her dad and then her dad and her mum and mm-hmm. Sarah Jane Smith and the Doctor. And it's almost like this season's about bringing everyone back together, only to at the very end of the season have the Rose and Doctor separated. So yes. um, I don't know if that's also a sort of a deliberate theme over the season. Um, even, even I mean, look, we'll talk in a second about least favourite episodes, but even in Fear Her... It's all about the, the the daughter and the mother kind of coming back together after the father um, having left and, and, and then sort of moving on as a, as a pair. But, um, you know, it's an interesting sort of theme through that season. I get reunited with Cassandra and face the boat. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is um, nice as well. There are some great characters. Um, so it was nice to have them back. I think, yeah, having that as like the first episode was like, oh, hey, like it's still the same show and vibe mm. um i need to stop saying vibe it's i'm sick of saying well it. i think <laughs> yeah i think i think new earth bringing back a lot of the characters from that first season um was sort of a way of easing us in of saying okay yes it's a new doctor but here's all these elements that you'd be familiar with from yeah. last season um i did really enjoy the end of the special just to shut up um yeah. when he um brought harry jones down so good don't you think she looks tired <laughs> Yeah, such a good way to yeah, which is um, get people to question yeah. her authority. It's an interesting um, sort of retcon of the last series with Christopher Eccleston saying it's the start of the golden age of the British Empire with Harriet Jones serving successive terms, and that doesn't really end up happening. We do get references to it, I think, in the Age of Steel. I think there's a comment about how they it's you know britain's golden age and that yeah. harriet jones was the prime minister i think yeah um so it does sort of live on in oh, that but before we get to episodes we just like i actually really enjoyed the cybermen mm. um double parter it was a bit silly at times particularly like towards the end um with the zeppelin and things um but i don't know that, that's a great two-parter like that's a two-parter that you know holds itself up for the whole two episodes. Um, and yeah, it was nice to see the return of the Cybermen. Um, the parallel universe, I think, was a great idea and having um, Pete come Rose's back. dad, yeah, Pete, yeah. Rose's dad be alive and that, that um, how to navigate that between Rose and him, um, having Ricky um, and that Rose's parallel was her mum's. <laughs> Silky Terrier, which was great. Um, but, yeah, I think that's a great two-parter. Done really well. Um, was super interesting. Um, and, yes, unfortunately, we see parallel units Jackie become a Cyberman. Um, but that does leave it open for what happens in the finale. Yeah. Well, let's talk about episodes we didn't like and then we can round yep. off with um, talking about the finale. Um uh, how about you go first? What was what was the episode that you disliked the most in this season? And I think it's going to be one that I'm going to debate with you a little bit. I no, I don't know. Like, there's a few here um, that 
I just I've never really engaged with. So like Love and Monsters is probably the worst. Which is interesting. I actually rewatching it this this time. I actually found a lot in that episode that I liked. Um, but I can understand why people don't like it. So what didn't you like about it? I literally saw the Doctor and Rose for like two minutes at the beginning, two minutes at the end. And we you did comment as we're watching this that we get very little of Rose and the Doctor together throughout mm. this series. Um, and that even though they might be travelling together, they're often on their own little side adventures. So like Girl in the Fireplace where he's with Renette and she's on the ship with uh, Mickey um wandering around um i just feel like this like was just weird like it was just a weird episode um you had the alien the doctor who group trying to find the doctor um you know and that like it was nice that they all came together like a family they were all kind of lost souls and through the doctor were able to be united and you know, find this friendship and form relationships um, like um, Linda, were able as part of those group members were able to actually um, find each other. But then that alien comes along and absorbs them all. It's just I was like, what is the point of this? Like, what yeah. is the point of this? And then it ends with bloody moaning Myrtle's actress being um, liquefied and then coming back as like a paved stone. And there's like this kind of reference to even though she's only got a mouth, they still find ways to, you know, get it on. And I'm like, please stop. I, yeah, look, I, I think, I think <laughs> the fact this episode was received so poorly was because of the lack of the doctor and Rose, but it's interesting looking at the next few seasons where we get blink and then we get turn left and midnight as sort of the, the way of doing this in the Donna says, I think I heard something where I don't know how true it is that essentially the reason was that when they were drawing up David Tennant's contract, they actually, they miscounted or they, they miscalculated the number of episodes. So his contract didn't let him do every episode. So they had to do this Dr. Light episode each season, which is bizarre, but don't know if that's true. Um, Gosh, BBC, get some legal advice, please. Yeah, but... <laughs> So I feel like this episode sort of gets stick because this is the first of those sorts of episodes where people were sort of like, you know, there's no doctor, like this just doesn't really work. I, but honestly, the no doctor factor was not, that was not the worst part of this episode. That was like the least yeah, of concerns. Yeah. The whole episode get, was a weird mess. The absorber as well. Yeah. Um, we had um, Madame Delacroix. Yes. Um, um, one of the bliss, bliss. Bliss, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think I think I didn't mind it as much because I th- I found the humor from like I liked I liked the whole stuff with Elton and Jackie, and I found some of the stuff earlier in the episode quite good. I agree yeah. that when you get the absorber off monster thing and you get it's basically the same style of humor as the Slovene, which I didn't really like, which is sort of it's not quite fart humor, but it's still like quite wacky, zany sort of stuff, which I don't love. Uh, and it's, this was a Russell T Davies episode as well, so um, it's not as if it's some random writer that never got no. invited back. It's a Russell T Davies episode, and he did Boomtown as well, so. Um, and World War Three, so he he does like that sort of humor, which doesn't really 
vibe with me. But I thought, look, I, I, I guess I give it higher marks purely because my memory of it was that it was so bad. So it had so, such a low bar to exceed that it actually did uh, do better on a rewatch. I mean, yes, there are some funny moments, but it's just, it's just too, it was trying too hard to be funny, I think. Mm, mm, mm. Um, so I really didn't enjoy it. I d- and I feel like the vibe of it didn't really fit with the rest of the series either. Oh my God, I said vibe again. The feel of it was like it just very. Yeah. It was very left of field. Um, now I know which episode you really dislike, and I argue against that one as well. And and it's back to back with Love the Monsters. Love yeah. the Monsters. So fear her. Yeah, I, I feel like um, that second half of the season. I think um, the the uh, what's it called the the Idiot's Lantern wasn't quite as bad as I remember it. it yeah, was I've just, never liked that episode. Yeah, like you said, the the second half of the season just had a lot of fine episodes they weren't particularly good they're not particularly bad they're just not very memorable but fear her i just it just felt very i don't know it, it was just very um weird like i really like the concept of them going to 2012 to visit to see the olympics clearly this was just after britain had won the the rights to host the olympics so they wanted to sort of capitalize on that i found like the use of hookabara sits on the, in the old gum tree or whatever is the song. It just felt very, it just, it just made it feel very dated and maybe that's my issue with it. And the whole concept of the alien being some lost little seed that's in the child and, you know, she's drawing things to capture people. It just, it all just felt very strange. And, you know, then you've got the dad, sort of the menacing dad in the closet or something. It just, just didn't land with me very well. It just, yeah, it felt very odd. I, yeah, I don't see any, this. This feels like a Doctor Who episode to me. Like compared to Love Monsters, like this, this made a lot of sense. Um, and it's kind of interesting that they seem to keep ending up in London for significant events. So you talked about the um, Idiot's Lantern. So they in arrive in London just before the coronation of Queen Elizabeth um, the second, um, and it's that bringing everyone together, um, and the alien wanting to then take away it's very much the same in this episode we've got large groups of people going missing it's the same breakdown people going missing yeah Yeah. something's some some person who's in their local community that's making this happening or aiding the alien um and then they use the coronation with you know hundred thousand people watching the coronation to then um feed the alien it's the same thing with fear her You've got the and, alien that's lonely, yeah. and we've got that t- like that. I mean, in um, the Idiot's Lantern, the wire is hungry. With here, she's lonely, which mm. be her. Um, yes, I do think there's a lot happening in that episode because then, like, she's drawn, like she's kidnapping the kids in her like local neighborhood because she's lonely and just trying to find um, that sense of family that the Isolas normally has and the doctor explains it's like millions and millions of siblings um and so she ends up stealing the audience and athletes at the opening ceremony of the olympic games um so yeah very similar again to idiot's lantern um yeah i think the dad's um the dad drawing was a bit left of fields and him coming to life but and I feel like that could have been integrated better. 
Um, I, I wonder if that was because they didn't want it to be like the girl is the villain. They wanted like a, here's like a, an evil menace that it's not her fault. There's something else sort of lurking in the background. But she drew the dad as yeah. a kind yeah, of a yeah. deterrent. So I feel like it's one of those things that it's her dad is like, obviously she, her and her mum victim of domestic abuse. Um, and that's why it's very dark. Feels, yeah. It's very dark. Chloe feels really lonely, and that's why the Isolus went to her. And they're both like that was the common bond between them. They're both lonely um, children. Um, but then she does draw that image of her dad, and it kind of almost becomes her protector. So if anyone tries to stop, not for her protector, but like it's a representation of her anger. That's what I'm mm. that's what, not protector, bad wording, or it's a representation of her anger. Um, and the fact that she's able to then defeat the drawing with her. And again, this is not necessarily to do with the plot, but she gets rid of the isolus, but that drawing's still alive, alive. And it has to, her and her mum have to then come together and have that bond, as you said earlier, to overcome that, which I think stops that loneliness. Obviously, she was feeling isolated after her dad's dead and after the domestic violence. Her mum didn't you know how to deal with it she didn't deal with it that separation so it like allowed them to come back together so in turn like yeah. the isolus helped chloe not become lonely as much as she the isolus chloe helped the isolus yeah yeah and I, I i think i think i think you're right that probably my biggest issue with this is it does feel very similar to the idiot's lantern and the fact that in idiot's lantern it's rose that gets sucked into the tv and in this it's the doctor that gets drawn into the the pictures yes. and it does feel like they're too close together to have such similar episodes, both set on yes. Earth, both the significant events, both with, you know, things capturing people in the neighbourhood. So I think I think that's probably the biggest thing with it. And I do find it interesting that we do get in this season so many episodes set on Earth um, to then we've almost finished the next se series with um, Martha where so many of the episodes aren't set on Earth. We get the Lazarus Experiment and Smith and yeah. Jones, but other than that i think until the three-part finale there's nothing set on in in sort of modern day earth um no. whereas in this one we do have you know we've got love and monsters fear her which is essentially set on modern, modern day earth um uh you know score union um new, well, not new earth but christmas invasion like there's, there's a lot of episodes that are set sort of in, in present day earth which yeah. maybe by the time by the end of the series it just feels like it's starting to get a bit repetitive um and maybe yeah. that's my issue with it i know i enjoyed i like i i enjoyed be her i think it's good i was also in london in the lead up to the 2012 looking get olympic games so like looking back and having all the i mean i know it wasn't filmed during then but just that hype around the fact that london got the olympic games um that was very much there at the time it was it's a nice mm. kind of throwback um future predicting throwback yeah yeah um so it would have been nice if they'd got David Tennant to actually carry the torch at the Olympic Games. I think that would have been a nice sort of tie-in. But yes, um, well, let's let's sort of wrap things up by looking at the finale, the two-part finale for this season. We get I keep saying we're sort of interchanging between season and series, um, but we, we've got Army of Ghosts and Doomsday, uh, which was I think the, the first time that we've really had the Daleks and Cybermen fighting each other on screen, which at the time I remember being really excited to see. 
we get, you know, as we've already said, we get Pete and Mickey coming back to to help fight. Um, you know, we've got Torchwood. So we've got a whole lot of different elements sort of culminating in this. And I, I think on the whole, it does work as a finale. Like there's a lot of different elements, a lot of different moving parts. But I, I, I think on the whole, it really work, works quite well as a, as a send-off for Rose. Um, what did you think? Yeah, I do really like this as a finale. I think it, it does work really well. Um, I loved, like, when... Um, like again, good pacing. You know, the Doctor and Rose return. Um, and talking to Jackie. Jackie's like, "Oh yeah, it's ghost time." And the Doctor and Rose are like, "What is happening? How come everyone's just like, yeah, cool, this is fine, this is cool." Um. So, and then yeah, them getting taken by Torchwood and things like that. Like it was good. Um, pacing in terms of. Um, setting up for like Doomsday as the finale, um, and good dialogue as well. Yeah, yeah, it was well, well written episode. Um, yeah, I got all the stuff. As soon as you I, saw the side men, you're like, oh no, um, yeah, like what's happened? How are these guys here? Um, and then, um, with the the void, um, ship as well. Um, like looking at it like now, like obviously upon reflection, I, I think watching at the time, I didn't, I was like, oh, I wonder what's in there. I didn't make the connection. It's literally a Dalek spear. Like they've got on their body um, on the outside of their armour. Their casing, whatever. yeah. Their yeah. casing, yes. Um, obviously now looking at it, like it's so obvious. <laughs> But then I also love that, that that inside the void ship, it's the, um, I can't remember what they call it. Is it the Ark or something? And they say it's Time Lord technology. And the Doctor's like, you know, what's what Time Lord technology? What is it? And then it's, oh, it's bigger on the inside, which I, I loved yeah. as a little sort of like, so obvious, but, you know, not something that yeah. really got thought through. Yeah. That was great. No, and I loved it. Like when Rose and the scientist are looking at the void ship and then Mickey appears behind her and I was just like, oh, gosh, what what's going on? Like, things are really, like, something's really going wrong because we've got Mickey back who somehow crossed through from the parallel universe and then it all, yeah, fits into fits into place. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I think I it's, love- just, it's, a, it's a good um, episode. I love that. Yeah, the ghosts turn into Cybermen and then starts freaking out. Um, and then you have the Daleks as well. The banter between the Cybermen and Daleks, fantastic. Yes. Um, lots of funny lines there. Um, and, and and the Doctor with Jackie pretending to be Rose and he's sort of, mm-hmm. you know, talking about how she's um, she's good to keep around for a good cup of tea. Well, when I say good, it's okay. So, like, there was a lot of I, – I, I think I think David Tennant got a lot of good lines in this in this mm-hmm. two-parter. Yes. Um, yeah, it was entertaining. So we did have um, Martha's cousin. Um, and um, – I mean, that scene as well where everyone's downloading the news. Oh, was that from Sidemen? Was it a Sidemen episode? Or was it That's episode? a Sidemen episode, yeah, yeah. Damn it. I got mixed up. Okay, never mind. Um, yeah, so Sidemen versus Daleks, which is great. And then, like, obviously the Doctor um, returning into the void. Good. Makes sense. Um, 
we get Peter coming across and there's a good explanation for that, that the torchwood on their side had deter- like created that technology. Um, I liked the analogy of the breaking glass as this is what's happening to the universe. It's nice to actually, rather than having the doctor just saying this is what's happening, um, you actually get that visual as well for the visual learners out there. Um, yeah. What anything yeah. stands out for you? Oh, the, re- um, re- the reunion with Pete and Jackie. Yes. Um, which is very sweet because they're like, oh, you're not the same. And then they're like, oh, come here. <laughs> and also he, when, when she says, you know, you're not going to replace my Pete. And he says, you know, I'm very rich. And she says, that doesn't matter. How rich? Very. It doesn't matter. How very. <laughs> I, I quite, it was very sort Good of typical. Old, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, of course, we get the the farewell between the Doctor and Rose, burning up her son just to say goodbye. Um, very emotional. You, you were like, I happened in the up. next I season. I was like, yep, yep, yep. Because they go back to the exact same spot, so I got very mixed up with uh, the end of the Donna season um, where, obviously, he leaves the Metacrisis Doctor behind. But, yes, this one, he, he appears to her as a hologram to say goodbye. Um, Rose announces that there's a baby in the family, no, it's not her. It's Jackie who's pregnant again. Um, but we get the doctor almost saying that he loves Rose, but not quite, and uh, disappearing. So very sort of emotional end to the episode, sort of broken I, up with the appearance of the the mysterious bride at the end. Yes, um, I do enjoy the visual of like that breakup. I mean, I we were, we were watching it like when Rose is getting pulled in and. You're like, how does she get saved again? And for a second, I couldn't remember what, like, who it was. Yeah. And then I remember, wait, no, one of them pops back, who seems to just obviously father's instinct. He knew to pop back to grab her, even though he's not technically her dad, whatever. Um, that Pete ends up saving Rose. But in that parallel, that visual of um, the wall and Rose on one side and the doctor on the other, and like, it's almost like they can still feel each other, but. Which which had been sort of alluded to or foreshadowed in Tooth and Claw with the Doctor yes. and the Wolf. So we do have yeah. that sort of visual of the two sides of them. I'm going to knock my mic over. The, yeah. the two sides of the um, of the wall. Um, and we get this again with the, uh, the Doctor and Rose. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, the poor Doctor doesn't get much downtime. Um, to, I mean, I guess he kind of had time to grieve um, Rose before he went and saw her on the beach. Um, and then we had, yeah, Catherine Taylor's bride show up. Yeah, um, which will be something we get to look forward to reviewing in our next uh, review, which should be quite soon. We've almost finished uh, Martha's series. So, yeah, we've um, got one episode left. To, so. Yeah, looking forward to recording that perhaps in the coming days. But, um, look, that's about it for this series, unless you had any final closing thoughts. No, I still, okay, if, I still think series one was a stronger series. Um I really enjoy David Tennant as the Doctor. I just feel like him and and like him and Billy Piper are great together. And like they obviously have a great connection, both on the show and off the show. But I think that romance side of things is colouring it a bit too much. And I know we're not talk, we're not reviewing seriously right now. But that also then starts to come through with that series too. Um, so I'm actually really like this was a good series. I preferred the bond between Exton and Piper. Mm. Tenant and Piper, still a great series, still loving. I'm loving David Tennant as the Doctor. 
um, as well. Um, I still think Eccleston would be my favourite, which feels weird to say because I've always in my head been like, Tennant's my doctor, but really it's not. Um, well, I have a, I do have a hot take on David Tennant's the doctor, which I'll probably save for our Martha review because it's okay. probably it's along those lines that um, Eccleston, on this rewatch, Eccleston is definitely shining through a lot more, but yeah. can ex I'll expand on that in the next episode. But um, just before we go, I will, I'll give this series a rating as well. You're welcome to as well, although, although I know you don't like to. But, I don't. I don't um, like numbers. Um, so the first season I gave a 9 out of 10 because I don't think there was any bad episodes. I thought it was a really solid, complete season. Um, this one I'm probably going to give a 7 out of 10. I think its highs were really high and really good. So Girl in the Fireplace, School Reunion, those early season episodes were really, really good. Um, but the, the lows were really low as well. So, I mean, as much as I don't think Love and Monsters was as bad as I thought, um, it does have its moments. And Fear Her, um, Idiot's Lantern, um, Impossible Planet, Satan's Pit as well, not the best of episodes. Um, so they sort of just pulled this season down a little bit. So, yeah, probably a 7 out of 10. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's a good rating. I agree. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, and thank you for, for joining me for this review, Lola. Um, it was Any great time. to review the season and uh, we'll be back quite soon for the next season. Yep. So, you know, thank you everyone for listening in. Um, links in the description for our Instagram and Twitter account. So do give us a follow. Do give the video a like. Try and share it around and leave your comments. What were your favourite episodes of this season? What were your least favourite episodes? How do you think the season was overall? Um, how, how do you find David Tennant as the Doctor looking back this you know, depressingly 15 years later um, since this season oh first went to air. Um, yeah, let us know your thoughts um, and uh, thank you for listening and uh, look forward to the next episode in our rewatch of um, the new seasons of Doctor Who. So until yeah. next time, see you later. Bye.